Have you ever wondered how successful architecture, engineering, and construction companies scale their business? Or have you ever wanted guidance on how to get more growth, wealth, and freedom from your AEC company? Well, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Will Forat. And I'm Justin Nagel, and we're your podcast hosts. We interview successful AEC business leaders to learn how they use people, process, and technology to scale their businesses. So sit back and get ready to learn from the industry's best. This is Building Scale. Hey listeners, it's Will here. Our mission is to help the AEC industry protect itself by making technology easy. If you've ever listened to our show, then you know that the three pillars of scaling a business are people, process, and technology. So if you suspect technology is your weak link, then book a call with us to see where we can help maximize your company's IT and cybersecurity strategy. Just go to buildingscale.net slash help. Today's guest is Robert Haggard. Robert is the Vice President of Construction Operations at Fleming Complete and Fleming West. Fleming Complete is uh, offering improvements, remodeling, building repair services, and new construction for businesses, property managers, and developers throughout Arizona. Fleming West is a steel construction contract subcontractor in Mesa, Arizona, specializing in con- commercial steel building solutions in multiple markets. Robert is a 35-year veteran in the construction industry with experience from running field crews to managing the operations of the businesses. And with all that said, Robert, please welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. I, 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 we're going to have a lot of fun here. Uh, I want to make sure the audience knows Will was late. So I want to, I want to just throw that out there. So we're just going to get right, right to it uh, for the audience. But uh, in all, all joking aside, uh, Robert, I said, I said some things about you, but people want to know more. Tell us your origin story and then tell us about Fleming. Uh, so, yes, uh, as you, as you hinted, um, this is my 31st year in the construction industry. Uh, came up from the ground up. Um, started on the back of a broom, um, moved to carpentry, structural crews, um, finished carpentry, kind of did r- the rough carpentry, uh, metal studs, I got into some iron work, um, always loved finished work, and just kept pushing for more. Uh, got into the management side of it, really enjoyed it. I still re- really enjoy it today. Um, I try to get my boots on the ground once in a while and get out in the field um, but have you know over the years now moved to the executive role that I have now um, about eight years ago joined the Fleming team um, as the vice president of operations and over the course of the years it's uh, just been a great great transition and a great move I've got a great partner um, with Aaron the president of the company and uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. I'm re- I'm ready to do 35 more if I can handle it. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, you must have the uh, the cup of life or the cup of youth or whatever it is. Uh, Indiana Jones had it. Um, we got to find it for you. Right, right. Well, when you love what you do and and you got a good team surrounding you, it, it's hard to it's it's hard to not be you know involved and excited about it. So. We use an expression over here called TGIM, and uh, all our people are, are, thank God it's Monday people. So uh, it, it's it's a great thing, great feeling. 
I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I, I put that in the note uh, for me to make sure that I asked upon it. Cause when I was looking through your core values on your site, I was like, that is awesome. Definitely got to ask about that. Um, before we get into some culture stuff. Uh, so obviously the, the breakup steel compared to GC, but tell us about the, the divisions effectively, or the two different companies uh, and how they're broken up. So 25 years ago, um, a Fleming company came out to Arizona to start a Western division. Um, so that's what created Fleming West. Um, Fleming West is a steel solutions uh, company. So we brought, provide everything from in, uh, pre-engineered, conventional metal wall cladding, metal roofing um, for several different types of projects here in the Valley. Um, what's unique about it is that we have the ability to, to provide pre-engineered and conventional in one system, which helps save money on some of these projects. Those are called our hybrid projects when, when we do that. And it's it, what it's done at the end of the day when we are when we are able to get onto a design team is really bring some value to, to the different projects we're doing here in the state. Um, let me complete. Uh, started in 2007, kind of in the downturn um, as a service company. And, you know, over the years, we've slowly built it up to do a little more general contracting. Not really in the competitive world because there are the other GCs are obviously our customers on the West side, but um, in really in the TI and negotiated world. And it's been successful over the years as well. So uh, it, it, very diverse. Um, in the two companies, uh, sometimes we work for ourselves, which is is fun too. Um, but it, yeah, it's it, great client base, unique client base that we chase. So, no, that makes tons of sense. Um, I I love I love when a company um, has a story that kind of has has the broken up uh, two kinds of sides, and it's like, yeah, just. It just works. It just made sense. Like the market just spoke to us. Also, 2007, interesting time to uh, to to get it going, uh, just based on what was happening, certainly in the states. Um, all right, so uh, culture, huge, big, big piece for you. A uh, big part of what you do is uh, building people up and uh, kind of building out your team. Uh, what does that kind of look like for you? Uh, right, right now, uh, it's it's obviously an obstacle um, and a challenge. Uh, the the limited amount of bodies that are out there right now that are available that you know want to go to work is is been a struggle finding people. Um, we're we're growing right now. Um, oddly enough, the timing couldn't be worse. Um, so it's 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 really been important that we had good culture here and that we've got a good focused team um, that works well together. Because um, when you can bring in a, a new candidate and the person sitting at the front desk whispers to him, this is a really good company to work at. That's, that's impressive. And that's, uh, you know, something for me that is, I'm very proud about um, that we've been able to get to a place like that. So you've uh, doubled up, I believe in the last few years in regards to people that I believe that that yeah. is correct. So uh, talk about wild ride. T talk about that a little bit. It's happened naturally. Um, Aaron and I both have a belief in letting growth happen naturally. We don't want to force anything. Uh, obviously, that could be detrimental to your company. Um, really stay focused on finding the right person or persons to fill the voids. Um, 
and and really asking the question if they really want to be here because if you don't like what you do just like me saying i want to do another 35 years if i don't like what i am doing or where i'm going what's the purpose of it right and we've gotten a great team that's bought into that and believes in each other and supports each other and, and the organization we're actually getting ready to do go into our planning session next month which uh, we do every year to make sure we're focused on the right things for not only growth but project ex execution into the, the coming year so excited for that as well are there any specific questions that you ask uh during your process that kind of cue you in into whether or not they're going to be a great fit or not um boy that caught me off guard um uh, i guess trying to get to the Let's back up. An interview is tough, right? To oh, begin yeah. with, how do you get to know somebody in an hour? You you don't. Um, so I I guess the touch on the personal side of things, experience is obviously important for the specific job they're doing. But like to touch on, you know, some of their personal beliefs, family, you know, hobbies. What's your favorite football team? Those kind of things um, to kind of see if you can get the personality to come out in someone. Yeah. How do you find out if they're TGIM uh, quality of people? Do you just ask them, hey, do you love Mondays? <laughs> we do. We do. We, that's a, that is one of the questions, uh, it, how they feel about Mondays. Are you, are you chasing Friday or are you, are you thinking about how you're going to plan your week out because you're excited for Monday to come? And you get answers of all different sorts. How, um, where did that concept come from? You know, obviously you're building out your core values, uh, certainly a leadership team, uh, or at least you, you and uh, Aaron there. Um, how, how did that become like, hey, this is super important to the, the culture of the company and we want to make sure that it's it's represented? Well, we've kind of always had it in place. And I think over the years, we just, we've focused on it more because it, it really makes sense and you it really is something to stop people and and make them think when you say that because er, you know everybody wants to correct you that no it's friday no it's not we want it to be monday um yeah uh i feel like uh i feel like gary v talks about this a little bit um you know about loving what you do and like if you don't love what you do like do something else right like that's that's certainly and, and you wanting to do another 35 years certainly speaks exactly to that to that methodology and, and mentality um so how so you you've grown a bunch but it's been a struggle because of the market itself what what are you seeing when you are when you are finding applicants or when you are interviewing people what what do you see that like um is kind of like putting pause and, and on the side of like culture in comparison to just the, Hey, you know how to do the job that I'm asking you to do. Well, that's a tough one to answer too. Cause we're not, you know, we're the response level is very low. Um, I'm probably seeing more of the older candidate that's trying to find their way out um, with the position specific positions I've recently looked for. Um, the office roles tend to be, uh, seem to be that 30 year old age group, which I'm excited for because 
I'd like to see a lot more younger folks get into the industry. Um, gives us that insurance. It's going to continue. Um, but uh, experience level uh, outside the field guys, the older field guys that have that have applied, um, it's probably mid range. Coming out of a, a lot of them are coming out of another company. They want to grow themselves. Um, and, and you know what? Actually, I recently put two folks on that didn't even come from the construction industry, but have the willingness and the want to to learn it, and are excited about that. And have been able to kind of come into some entry level roles that we'll be able to train them up on. Um, and maybe they'll be project managers down the road sometimes. So um, we've, we've kind of changed our thought process as to who we target as a candidate. Um, we're focused on a younger generation or two, maybe folks that don't have direct experience and you know kind of looking at it in a way that if, if they're trainable if you can train them then why not consider them if they've got some kind of similar experience so um, really like the military candidates honestly uh, I, I love the structure that they come with um, it, wish i could hire all military folks <laughs> Well, uh, what what uh, currently are you hiring for? Because like, let's just put it out there and say, hey, somebody's listening and is uh, looking for a role in construction. What what are you specifically hiring for right now? Right now, I'm actively looking for another project coordinator. Okay. And so that's a, a project execution support role. Um, they'll handle a lot of communications with the designers and clients, uh, contracts. Um, RFI submittals, uh, really project management support, um, and that role can lead into an assistant or uh, full-blown project manager role down the down the road. So, I've, in fact, I've got a PC that I need to need to actually talk about promoting uh, to project manager. So. That's awesome. I love uh, the promotion from within. That's cool. And uh, yeah. if you're out there and you're looking for a role in construction to kind of get your, your beak wet, uh, you know, uh, call call Robert uh, and we'll talk about how you can possibly do that later. Um, so reputation, everyone in construction talks about reputation and how it's so important and relationships are so important. Uh, and that's like the the heart of, of the construction industry. But in, in your eyes, what is that really mean? How how does that actually come to more practicality than the soundbite that it is? I think if you talk with anybody that's got a tenure in the in the business, they'll tell you the same thing and that this business, although very big across a large country, is a very small network. Um, and uh, you want to keep your P's and Q's in order um, because it will get around. Uh, that's That's for sure. And now with you know, technology the way it is and social media and the LinkedIn's of the world, uh, it, it, it's even smaller because a lot more people are looking at what you're doing. Um, but it, it, for me, it is very important. I, I try to do everything based on my reputation and, uh, you know, believe in doing a good job for a client and sticking with it until it's, till they're satisfied. I, I think that's, you know, one of the things that makes me unique. And, our organization believes in that too. We we do a lot of things for our clients. A lot of other contractors wouldn't do. Um, and that's from that physical work to the way we manage, you know, a, a, a project to make it easy for them. 
this, it, this shouldn't be hard for any customer. No, totally. Um, how do you, so relationships, obviously small, small network, even though it's, it's a big industry. How do you, how do you nurture those relationships? How, how have you seen that? And how, how would you guide somebody maybe younger than you to say, Hey, like, this is like, this is how it's done. Right. This is how you do it to, to build something that is uh, going to be, you know, scalable and, and super valuable to you. Well, stand behind the service you're providing. First of all, uh, if you say you're going to do something, you need to do it. Uh, you're, you know, your words still mean something out there at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, if you can, when you gain someone's trust, you can, you just, it's just not affordable to lose it. So uh, we're, we're very relationship based. Um, I, I again, believe in the relationships that I have. Uh, it, it allows for just a much more comfortable project uh, operation when you can gain somebody's trust and they know that they can believe in you. So relationships and especially when working with projects, it's not that nothing goes wrong, right? That, that's not what we're saying here. Right. Uh, it is construction at the end of the day. <laughs> right. Um, are there any particular sort of incidents or things that you can think of uh, where the relationship really helped that had you not had it, you know, things could have, let's say, fallen apart very easily or vice versa? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't think of one specific item right now, but the relationship does help, uh, when a, when a situation comes up, um, it, well, I could tell you, actually, I, I could tell you right now, uh, our lead times on some of our materials right now, you know, especially in the electrical and HVAC world, if we didn't have some of the relationships we had out there and these folks didn't trust what we were telling them, we'd probably be in a bunch of lawsuits all over the place. And that that's not just us. That, that's all contractors trying to do business right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, we had, I'd seen some of the lead time schedules for everything from uh, generators, a lot of the electrical stuff. Uh, it was generators, uh, like lead times of up to like 56 weeks or something like that uh, in some of the um, parts in the electrical world. So, yeah. And well, we... On the last few projects, we've seen our HVAC, which already had a long lead time, get to the date they say they're going to deliver, and then they move it again with no explanation. And then when you go to the manufacturer and say, gosh, I need a letter or something explaining this for our client, they're, they ghost you. And so if we didn't have some of the relation, working relationships we have with our clients, we could be talking to attorneys right now, you know? Uh, and in normal cases, that's that's typically the way it would be, you know. Especially if if you don't know the customer, don't have that relationship. Have you seen the industry be more or less, you know, litigious? Is that the, that's the right term, right? Um, over the years, uh, in comparison, obviously these are examples of relationship saving from litigation. Um, but have you seen that? to be true that it's been less or more or the same? That it's been what? I'm sorry. Liti uh, like a lot of litigation. litigation. Litigious. L litigious. Yeah, there it comes. 
<laughs> I mean, no, I'm not seeing more litigations going on out there. Uh, I think, you know, through COVID and through all the last few years, people are under a little more understanding of it. Um, you know, we are, we've all been affected by it, right? Oh, if you want to buy a car, you got to wait for that. You want to buy at one point certain groceries, we had to wait for that. I, th I think naturally people have come around to it. Um, on the construction projects, what I am now seeing a lot more is, is a lot more uh, upfront pre-planning so that we can address long lead times down the road. And whether that's pushing a job out pushing a start date out or pre-buying. Um, I'm seeing our clients at least are working with us a lot more on the front end to adapt to those kind of issues. Hey everybody, Justin here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As you know, Will and I are business nerds and love talking to leaders who've scaled their businesses using people, process, and technology. If that's something to get you all jazzed up too, then do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the little bell so you get notified every time we drop a sweet new episode. And if you know somebody who'd be an awesome guest on the show, send them our way. Just go to buildingscale.net slash guest. Now, back to the episode. Um, Does that mean that you're having to take on a little bit more risk in terms of so with the lead mm -hmm. times and trying to you know manage that uh with your people are are you trying to essentially order or even pre-order before uh just to make sure that it's coming in within sort of a schedule schedule time time frame yes depending on the depending on the project um we we do it a couple of different ways <laughs> sometimes we're at risk and and ordering on our own to make sure that that's satisfied in other cases where you know maybe the cost is more than we want to take the risk of um, we're getting the clients to to sign agreements that will just cover the cost of that material um, we're having the warehouse stuff um, in some instances as well um, because maybe a site's not ready um, so yeah, we're having to to have alternative ways of managing that so that we can still accommodate the delivery dates that a lot of these projects want need. Um, so because of the risk and your warehousing uh, and you're just covering costs, um, how are you, is the relationship the only way that you're deleveraging that risk? Pretty much, because if we were on a publicly bid job or a competitively bid job um, that we didn't have a relationship with that client, we'd probably manage it a little bit different. You know, force force the the mat force the matter of having more of a legal agreement before we went out on on a limb on something. <clears throat> so I, I want to. There was. There was something that we had talked about in the uh, in the pre-interview was about building relationships, each for the industry. What was interesting is your approach, like fundraising events, was one of the places that 
you want to go and like a lot of different different types can you talk to talk to us a little bit about that and why why fundraising events well it shows that you have community involvement um right uh we 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 in fact um just uh supported the rock the cause event here uh just last weekend um that's an event that helps disadvantaged children um, get taken care of. Um, again, it puts us in the community, shows we believe in the community. Um, Maricopa County is our community, so we want to support it where we can. Um, it's, it's also, you know, supports a networking uh, group that allows you to stay connected out there and create new connections. Uh, so outside of fundraising, we also do other networking events that allows us to grow um, the different relationships we have out there and keeps keeps brand recognition out there, honestly, because um, you're wearing a shirt, you're handing out a business card. Uh, it's all about the tap, right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. So how... Um... When you have a client, how do you how do you get that first you know project with a new client? How does uh, how how do you go about that? Like you know, obviously you see a, a particular client that would be a good long term partner for you. Um, how do you, how do you get that first one? How do you how do you anchor in? Um, oh, so I guess that would be dependent on the type of project. Um, I'm obviously constantly looking for situations where we can be on a design team. Mm -hmm. That gives us the upfront ability to, uh, one, show we know what we're doing as we work through the process, but also gain that trust. And the, the trust is everything, right? Because if they trust you, they'll call you back. Um, so if we can if we can get on those teams and get through that first project, that's how we'll generate a relationship to create repeat business. So have you seen uh, a different, essentially different strategies of that, or has that kind of stayed the same through your 35 years in, in the industry? Have you seen kind of, um, obviously we talked about relationships and reputation, uh, you know, being still crucially important. Is that the same philosophy that you had say 10 years ago in regards to just building that relationship with a new client? For, for me, no, um, it was, it was different, but I feel like the industry's changed over the years. I feel like the industry's gone to that more build a team up front, have that partnership, the design build uh, projects that are out there. I feel like a lot of clients have, have evolved to that and having that understanding and knowing that, if they put a team together, their project's likely that much more successful. And that I find that to be true. So process is all about the things that you can keep the same, right? Because then that gives you the ability to deliver consistently. What's in your in your perspective, what's stayed the same in construction over the years? If anything, say that one more time. What's what's stayed the same in construction over the years, in your perspective, if anything? Oh, well, I think a lot of the processes of how you assemble specifics to a project have stayed the same. Obviously, technology's um, 
one item that's that's changed the business. Um, you know, you see a lot more superintendents that carry iPads now instead of a set of blueprints. Um, back in the day, you you know, we were all getting snow blind lists from reading plans in the sun. Uh, so I think that that, you know, technology certainly had a lot to do with changes in the industry. Um, even the way we paper a job today, it's, you know, 20 years ago, 30, 30 years ago, it was a pager and a, you know, touch tone phone. Nowadays, you pull it out of your pocket, right? So um, I think it's made us more efficient. And, you know, and go ahead, uh, you know, but what about the responsibility side? Um, have your responsibilities stayed the same? Uh, no, I would tell you no. <laughs> I think I think they put I think uh, owner clients and design firms have put a lot more on the contractor. Um, we used to get an approval stamp on submittals now we get a reviewed stamp. I'm not sure what that really means, um, but it sure feels like the responsibility falls back on us if that product ends up not being correct. That's an interesting- And our conversation doesn't change. <laughs> What's that? I said that's an interesting adjustment of words, uh, approved compared to reviewed. Uh, it's, it's very, that's, you know, ch the change of one word has a lot more impact. You know, when people say words matter, like that is inherently <laughs> a great example of that. And not getting compensation uh, adjustments when uh, a major uh, shift has happened, also troublesome, certainly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we can, we know how to follow specs and, and provide specific products, but there's still technical understanding that has to be a, be reviewed and understood, you know, that's, that's maybe out of our pay grade, why we have engineers, uh, why we look for engineers input. When you mentioned uh, design build, obviously making a big shift in the last years, uh, that compared to the past, what, you know, what are other pieces that you you've seen with design build that have really changed? I mean, just changed the industry just kind of across the board. Uh, with design build, I think comes a lot more of the negotiated type work, um, mm -hmm. which takes it out of the plan rooms um, that are out there. Uh, it 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 does feel like there's less plan room activity than there was 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago. Um, it, it seems like, for me, anyways, uh, we were always digging around in a plan room trying to find jobs we could we could bid. Um, today, I think the phone rings a lot more. Um, I think you get a lot more calls by reputation uh, for for people that want you to look at their projects. So with, it seems like there's more eyeballs looking at this. There's more time spent in other places besides just building, right? In the, in the constructing side. Um, so the people and sort of the organization is a little bit different, right? Uh, the worker, you might have the same amount of workers, but the back office staff and administration is a, seems to be a higher overhead. Would that be, would that be a fair comparison or is, or is technology helping you offset the cost of that overhead? 
No, I, I it, it might be even a little bit more because we've added technology, uh, the overhead. Um, you know, these software systems are not inexpensive uh, to introduce into an organization. Not, you know, not only the cost of the software, but the cost of the training and, you know, the support accessories that are sometimes needed for it. So I, we still have as many people doing the job with the support of the technology. Uh, can you give us some examples of, for example, the technologies that you've looked at, invested in, or are looking to invest in, uh, and why? Um, we've we've got uh, accounting software. Um, we've got some project management software that supports the field. Um, we looked into them. They've always been around. Uh, I want to make sure that's clear to you guys out there. There's always been some type of technology that's helped us, assisted us um, through the process to record a project. Um, they're much more advanced nowadays. Um, you know, the days of doing a daily report on a regular eight and a half by 11 is, is not there. It's not needed anymore. Now you can do it from an app and it records the pictures and then talk to text and all of those eases that, that are presented by using it are, you know, that now out there. So it's much more advanced. It, it is a little more efficient. I, I don't feel like it's relieved, um, again, the amount of staff that you need. I think you still have as many people doing the job. It's just a little, it, it's just much more efficient um, with, with especially today's software. 20 years ago, I would tell you it's still cumbersome and, and uh, not very advanced, but certainly today with the ability to have it, you know, directly on your phone, not having to open a laptop or utilizing a, an iPad, it, it has really advanced us. So not just the app, but the connectivity uh, in the, yeah. the consistency and the connection because before it was a pager. Now we're talking about streams of communication uh, to job site, right? Internet access or, or otherwise, um, which would well, what's a, that, and that's correct. What the superintendent is either used to do by paper or now does off a laptop, you know, in, in an instant, he can go out to the field and address a subcontractor and have that same access to all of that information on his phone or iPad. So, um, yeah, it's much more advanced. Um, so with the advancements of the technology, are there, are there issues with people, because you kind of talked about it, sort of training, there's, there's an overhead to train the people to get used to the software, et cetera. And so it's a big burden when let's say changing software or change, because it's a massive process change, uh, in getting used to it and utilizing that software and the software itself is not cheap as well. Um, what? What do you see has made it made you guys successful in, let's say, deploying these changes versus um, maybe there's a, versus you know either a slow deployment or a failure of deployment in the process changes that include software? Well, you, you you've got to get the you got to get buy-in. Um, your your team's got to got to want to use it and want to have it. Um, otherwise, it won't be a successful rollout. You still have, you know, people that are 
limited to the abilities they have with technology. I would attest to being one of those people. Um, you know, uh, so that's, I wouldn't say that's a challenge, but it's a slower process with, with people that aren't up to speed on today's technology. Uh, but I, I think the number one thing is overall buy-in. Is this, is this a use case of why younger generation, younger generation versus older generation? Um, I partly, I'd say, um, there's older folks that are really good with technology. There's younger folks that are really bad with technology. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would say partly the age gen or the generation gap there is, is part of it. I can I can attest though to the uh, not always the case. I, yesterday uh, I met somebody uh, who was uh, fairly young in, in their mid twenties, and they mentioned that they used Manila folders as like their organizational way that they did work. And I was baffled. I was like, I didn't know a twenty seven year old knew what Manila folders were. So that was first, <laughs> and then secondly, that they were like, no, like I'm I just I operate better this way than I do off of using uh you know a crm or a project management system which i just i found fascinating um but yeah there are there are you know outliers uh certainly in comparison to statistics uh so you you'd mentioned all you know there's a lot of overhead with all this so why why invest in the technology then the efficiency what, that it what brings. benefits does it bring to the table it it, it makes you more efficient um, it's faster, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily waiting on a fax, which I don't even know if anybody has a fax machine anymore. Uh, but it, other than the federal government, I don't my, think fax machines exist anymore. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, for my view, I would say it's, it's the efficiency that it, that it brings, that it allows once you've under, once you understand a software, um, I think it it helps speed your job up, eases eases the speed, it, certainly. Okay, uh, that uh, totally totally makes sense. Do you uh, kind of to piggyback on Will's question? Do you find that uh, when you are interviewing or you're hiring new younger people, people that are in uh, the early stages of their career, that they have more of an expectation to have technology in their day to day, or is that not true? Uh, I think there's some expectation to it. Um, I, I would certainly tell you that that a lot more folks younger than myself come with that experience already, um, which is great. I, you know, again, some of this stuff is just way over the top and and real exciting to have on a project. Um, but I mean, I think the basics are there that they all expect. Um, when you bring in new stuff to, with the people that really get into the technology, it's it's certainly exciting to see their their faces light up. No, totally. Um, you know, it's a it's a piece of the thank uh, God it's Monday, uh, you know, part, right? Like, hey, like I, I right? you know, yeah. some people really nerd out on it. Uh, it me and Will included, obviously. Um, but uh, that's great. So. Um, yeah, this is this has been tons of fun, but we have one more question we want to ask that we ask everybody. Uh, Will, take us away. Well, if you were to go back twenty years, 
What would you tell yourself? What advice would you tell yourself? Or words of wisdom? Uh, I'd probably say pay attention to technology advancement. (laughs) 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 Pay a lot closer attention to technology advancement. Um, And and, no, I I don't know that I would change anything. Uh, Maybe work harder. Make it happen faster. Work harder. Uh, More Mondays, maybe? More Mondays, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Love that. I love that. I love that. Um, Great insights. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We will drop all uh, social and all that kind of stuff in the show notes. But if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, specifically if they were looking for a job, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you, Robert? Uh, Probably email. Uh, You can reach me at rhaggard at flemingwest.com. Uh, I don't know if you guys will post that somewhere in there or if I need to spell it out, but uh, that's, that's certainly the best way to get me is is probably email. Okay. Great, great, great. Uh, Before we uh, say goodbye to the people, do you have any last uh, words of wisdom or advice for the audience? I encourage uh, the young, younger generation out there to get involved, uh, whether it's with the trade partner or uh, getting early in on, on, general contracting i i certainly encourage you all to take a look at it there's great money to be made and great opportunity out there that uh, you really should take advantage of it's a good industry to be in awesome 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 uh we had a whole bunch of fun with robert audience i hope you did too uh and until next time adios adios thanks for listening to building scale to help us reach even more people Please share this episode with a friend, a colleague, or on social media. Remember, the three pillars of scaling a business are people, process, and technology. And our mission is to help the AEC industry protect itself by making technology easy. So if you think your company's technology pillar could use some improvement, book a call with us to see how we can help maximize your IT and cybersecurity strategy. Just go to buildingscale.net slash help. And until next time, keep keep building building scale. scale.